John chapter 8. And let's go ahead and take a moment and pray and look to the Lord before we begin sharing this word with you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thanks again today for being with us, for being for us, for being in us. Lord, we just look to you now uh, for understanding, for truth that makes free. Lord, give us revelation of things that we've not seen in the past, the eyes of our understanding enlightened. And Lord, I pray that each person would receive exactly what is ne needed and necessary for their lives today in Jesus' name. Amen. John 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Notice the qualifier again. If you want to be a disciple indeed, you must what? Abide in his words. That's not an occasional visit. It's not just a, a glance at his words once in a while. It's an abiding. It's a, it's a dwelling place. I live in the word. It's a, it's a daily part of my life okay like one one writer said in the old testament he esteemed it more necessary than than his daily food all right when we have that kind of desire and need for his word that's when it will produce true discipleship in our lives verse 32 and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free how will I get free? By knowing the truth. How will I know the truth? By abiding in his word. If I don't abide in his word, I won't be a disciple indeed, and I won't know the truth, and I'll live bound up. In other words, I will struggle through life. I will constantly be battling as if something in my life is stronger than I am. As if I have it or a temptation, or a sickness, or a air of failure of some kind is stronger than me, and I can't seem to overcome. I will live in my life with bondages if I don't know the truth, which results from not being in the Word, abiding in the Word. But if I can get to a place where I know the truth, Jesus said I would be free. So again, I just want to reiterate the fact that uh, a point that we made last time, if I am living in bondage in any area of my life, if I repeatedly, continually struggle in a certain area, there is a truth in that area that I have not seen. I am, at least to some degree, believing a lie. I'm believing something that's not true, and it is producing bondage in my life. And I don't know about you, but this motivates me to want to see clearly, and to see more, and to have great understanding of what the Bible says, what Jesus himself calls truth. You see, we must place a high value on truth in our lives many people they don't they, when it comes to church it becomes something that we do based on habit and we just well I, I go to church and that's what I do but they don't seek to understand more and more 
I want you to look at Matthew chapter 13 with me as well. Uh, There's a number of scriptures I want you to look at this morning, but Matthew chapter 13 is another one that gives us some insight. In Matthew 13, this is where Jesus was teaching about the parable of the sower. And we want to grab this one single principle out of that. In verse 19, he said, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who, was, uh, who received seed by the wayside. If a person lacks understanding, then, very clear, the enemy, the wicked one, comes and takes away what's been sown. See, it is really, really important that we not only hear words or read the Bible or have sound waves flowing through our head during the time that we're together, we must seek and we must receive understanding. If I don't understand what's being said here now, if I don't understand what I read when I read the Bible, it doesn't benefit me. Are you listening? I've got that on the authority of the words of Jesus. The enemy will come and take it away. But when I understand it, watch this, when I see it, when my eyes are opened and I can accurately and clearly perceive the reality of what that truth is, then it stays in me. And if I can get it to stay in me, it becomes a part of who I am, and I live free in that area. Okay? But the enemy comes, he wants people to misunderstand. How many know that's how, we, uh, how a lot of strife or, uh, originates in relationships? Simply a misunderstanding. I mean, they're not even arg- people argue, and it's not even about something real. It's about what they think is real. They think the other person meant this, and here they go, all about misunderstanding. That's why the enemy, like we taught you last week, uh, he uh, emphasizes and majors in deception. If he can get us to believe something that's not true, it's the foundation for bondage to come in our lives. And it, it causes, like I said, it causes strife and all kinds of other issues in relationships. But even in, re, in regard to our walk with God, if I believe something about the Lord that's not true, that's going to hinder my walk with Him. And I want to tell you, that happens all day long. Okay? And in the reality of, of it is, none of us here are seeing everything perfect. We, none of us have complete and full understanding of everything. We still see through a, uh, a glass darkly or a mirror dimly uh, in our lives. We don't know it all, but the Lord wants us to be able to see clearly. All right, He wants our eyes to be open and so, so we can have understanding of what He says. When we understand, we are so much better off. Uh, again, though, a lot of times we get in a habit of coming to church and we hear sounds. We hear words, and I got to tell you, the one of the main reasons for us being in a church service together, certainly not the only reason, but one reason is we should come desiring to see. Why are you going to church today? A lot of good answers to that, but here's one of them. I want to see something, and I'm not talking about the physical eye. I'm talking about the eyes of our understanding. 
I want to see something that I didn't see before. Maybe in a verse that I memorized when I was, you know, 20 years ago. I want to see something. Why? Because when I see it, I've got understanding the devil can't take it away. And when that truth abides in my heart, man, I'm laughing. <laughs> I am la- it's going to operate in me and I'm going to live in the benefit of that particular truth. I really think, you know, just I know I get this way with any subject. And I'm not going to apologize for it, but anytime I'm teaching, I think it's the most important thing. <laughs> You've got to have this more than anything. I, I, I try to watch about saying that, but I don't know if I can say that. I just got to say it. <laughs> I think we need this more than anything. <laughs> and I'm not totally out of line because, you know, when Jesus taught that parable, he said, you've got to understand this or you're not going to understand any of the parables. And this is one of those truths. The eyes of our understanding being opened and enlightened sets us up to receive everything that the Lord has for us. And if a person is struggling year after year with the same stuff, their eyes are closed. Not necessarily purposely. Sometimes it's simply stubbornness and hard-headedness and they won't look at a new, a new thought, won't consider something they haven't considered before. But sometimes it's a spiritual issue that's going on and their eyes are just not open. Okay, go, go over back over to Ephesians chapter 1, and uh, we want to look at this passage again. We'll look at it probably a number of times during this series. Ephesians chapter 1, and verse 15, 1.15, says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus... And your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. I want you to notice, first of all, before we go any further, that he did this continually and repeatedly. Every time he thought of them, he thanked God for them, and he prayed this specific prayer for them now listen they're already saved so he's not praying he's not trying to keep them out of hell Hmm. he's not praying for them that that God would meet their needs that they would be healed in their body God would strengthen them physically or no he's not praying those type of things which is often are the prayers that we pray for people but it wasn't the prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church back then. Okay, this is important. But what he did pray was about their understanding. That they would have revelation and have understanding. Listen, one thing we need to understand about this. This is not a prayer that you pray and bing, from that point for the rest of your life, your spiritual eyes are wide open And you're going to perceive with absolute clarity every spiritual reality, every truth about the Lord and your future. It's done. Man, why? Because I prayed it. If that were true, then he wouldn't be praying this prayer again and again and again. There are some prayers, how many know this to be true, that you do not pray more than once. And if you do it more than once, you're full of doubt and unbelief. Hmm. Because you obviously didn't believe God, God heard you the first time. But apparently, this type of prayer, it doesn't produce an, 
a result that instantly your eyes are open to everything that there is to see. But God will reveal truth to us more and more. And if I see something today, what that is to do is to stir me and excite me to see something more tomorrow. Or to see that truth in a greater way. You understand where I'm coming from. That there's more. And so tomorrow, it's valid again. And the next day, it's valid again. And the next day, it's valid again. Just imagine you had revelation every day. Every day you're, every day you're seeing things. Every, I bet if we were to go around, we, we'd probably have testimonies of people who went through at least periods in their life where they started seeing things practically every day. Where you... God was just showing you stuff over and over, probably about a particular area, subject matter, and you saw things. You know what? That can happen for the rest of your life. There's no limitation to that, but we can't approach it like, okay, I got that. Let's move on. I'm not going to teach this subject month, I don't know how long, but, you know, year after year. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to continually teach the same subject but how many know this is something we should keep in place in our lives month after month and year after year if we never bring this prayer up again for for five more years uh, i gotta tell you if you haven't prayed it within those five years you're a lot further back than where you could be okay he went on to say um he doesn't cease to give thanks for us, making mention of our, in our prayers, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And so the main focus of his prayer that he prayed continually for them is that their eyes would be lightened or they would be flooded with light. Okay, and that they would have revelation. Now, revelation simply has to do with an uncovering. It was covered up, but now the curtain has been pulled back. Wow, and you can see it. I, I've, I've stated before and used this illustration about, um, about copy paper. You know how you can buy copy paper with a different brightness. And you'll get a piece of paper that might look white when you have it all by itself but then you go and you bump up a few notches in the brightness category you know you go from a 88 to a 96 or something and you put them together well the first one looks yellow now and when you first saw it you might have thought yeah it's a nice white piece of paper but in reality compared to what could be it's not even white (laughs) And, and and likewise there are truths that we look at and we think, yeah, I, I see that. I, I know what that is. I mean, you might even be deceived to think you know everything there is to know about it. But wait, once the veil's pulled back again, you think, wow, I didn't see nearly all that stuff I can see. I can see now. You know, there's an area of maturity that comes into seeing more. You know that sometimes people can't handle more because of their level of maturity there are some things that the lord won't show you today but he will show you next year because you will have grown to the place where you can handle more 
See, our faithfulness in walking with God consistently and continually gives us an opportunity to look into the special things that God has for us, where if we're not consistent and faithful, we'll never get to that place. I know, you know, you look at, at children, and I always think of a, a table. You might, you might set a table, uh, you know, a dining table with plates and, and a meal and all kinds of things on that table. You know, and I don't know exact height of a typical table, a few feet high anyway, uh, that we sit at. But you can take a, a two-year-old or a three-year-old who I'm, you know, just guessing right now, maybe they might be eye level with that table, okay? And, and, and they're, they're looking at that table from a side angle. They're looking across. And what they see on that table is true. I mean, it's, they're looking at reality. They're looking at things accurately, and they see the glass from the side, the bowl from the side. They might not be able to see what's in the bowl, They see the bowl and they see the plate. They see the same things as an adult sees, but from a completely different angle. How many know the adult comes up and they can look down and describe things very accurately? They can see what's in every bowl, what's all around the table. They're looking at the exact same table, but they see much more. Likewise, when we grow in our understanding and our ability to perceive truth, we are able to look at the same thing we looked at five years ago, but now look at it. Wow, look at that. I never saw that before. It was there. We just didn't see it. And this is where it pays to walk with the Lord for a long, long time. Man, you'll see stuff. Man, I never knew that was there before. I think I'll try some of that. (laughs) But before, you didn't even know you could. Okay, and so again, revelation has to do with an uncovering. It's things revealed now that have never been heard or seen before, or it's things that have been just simply on a mental level that become more real to us. Both of those can happen. You might today see something you've never thought of before, never even crossed your mind, never even entered your thought pattern. And today, ding, wow. Or it might be something you've looked at a lot. But it switched to 96. You know what I'm talking? It's just a little more clear. And that little more clear or a lot more clear can make a big difference in the degree of freedom that we walk in. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm excited to see. Glory to God. I want to see more of what the Lord has for us. This phrase here now, we got right out of this chapter, the eyes of your understanding now. What does that mean? That's simply a metaphor that refers to the ability to perceive with the mind. Just like a person who has their eyes closed cannot see physically, also a person who has their mind closed mind closed cannot see spiritually okay and it is very possible that a person might want to see they want to perceive more and understand more but if their mind is closed they're not able to and so this prayer deals directly with our mind opening up and we know this like I kind of said already a little bit 
A person could have a closed mind just because they're stubborn. They can have a closed mind because they refuse to listen to anything new. You know, someone could be listening to my voice right now and saying, I don't like this and I don't like that and I don't like the way they did this and, and uh, I don't like the way he dresses or the way he sounds or, or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? And because of that, kind of dig in and not able to receive truth because of those hang-ups, those issues. Okay, that's something only you can fix. <laughs> I just want to encourage you, get over it. No, nothing's ever going to be perfect in that regard. Everyone's going to do everything exactly the way you like it. We all just do what we know to do. Okay, right or wrong, you know, we're doing our best. Uh, but don't let it keep the truth out of your life. Say, so I can't believe he said that. Get over it. <laughs> Listen for truth. Even if I say something that's totally wrong. I did that once. Uh, <laughs> if I say something that's totally wrong... The truth that changes your life might follow it. Are you listening? Because none of us are right about everything. None of us just have it all down pat. So listen for truth. Okay. Now, so other than some of those natural areas, do you know that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened or opened or flooded with light is not something that we control? It's not something that I can, by my own effort, my own willpower, just make happen. Bless God, I'm going to see this. It doesn't come by human effort. This is by the divine working of God Himself. And if you've been always the kind of person who kind of pulls yourself up, you know, self-motivated, you're a self-starter, you take care of yourself physically and mentally and just a number of areas when things need to get done, you're the kind of person to step in there and get it done. Well, that's commendable. But understand, in, the, in these areas, in these realms, you can't do that. You can have that same determination and that could pay off, but it's not a matter of, I'm just going to get it. I'm going to study hard until I see it all. There are a lot of people who have studied, 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 and are blind as a bat. Are you listening? I'm talking about perceiving with the mind, being open to see spiritual realities. And I want to avoid, I mean, especially with what we do. I mean, this is church. We ought to be seeing things clearer than anyone, than anyone, because we have the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now, now, let me show you a couple other things. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And let's look down here at verse 11. 1 John 2, 11. It says, But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness. And does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now notice this. Is he talking about physical darkness? Man, this guy is in a dark room and he needs to turn the light on. This guy walks around at night and he needs to get out during the day and sleep at night. Is that what he's talking about? No, obviously, speaking of a person walking in darkness is again a picture of their understanding. If a person walks in darkness, which is entirely possible, 
they don't know where they're going. If you have darkness in your life that you are walking in in some area, then you simply don't know where you're going in relationship to that. We oftentimes think of darkness, a person being in darkness as a person being in sin, and certainly that can be the case. Uh, when someone lives in sin, they're living in a dark place. But I also want to uh, submit to you that you can be endeavoring to live, for, to live for the Lord. You're not living in blatant sin, but you still have darkness in your, in, your, in your life in some areas. Some things you're walking in, but it's not clear, and so you really just don't know where you're going. It's like there's, like you're walking around with your eyes closed. There's blinders, and it's keeping you from walking in the truth. Because here again, he said, the darkness has blinded their eyes. In John 8, 12, you don't need to turn there, but Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What is he saying? I am the light of the world. When Jesus walked on the earth, did he walk around with a glow? You know, like maybe the, like you're in a, you know, a theater of some kind and the, the spotlight is always on you. You know how they do that in shows these days and they wear those battery packs and, or whatever, those, those packs that make the light follow them. And so this big spotlight, no matter where the performer goes, that light's on them. <laughs> was that the case when Jesus was walking on the earth? Everywhere he went, it was always bright. At night, you could easily find him. Where's Jesus? Well, there he is, because he's the light of the world. He's not speaking of a physical light that was on him, but what is he talking about? He is the light of the world. Where he is, people can see. There's an understanding that comes. People can perceive things according to truth. You, you know, the, the Lord also called someone else the light of the world. You know who that is? You and me. We are also called the light of the world. What does that mean? Again, do we glow? <laughs> well, typically we don't glow in a physical way. Sometimes pregnant mothers glow. I, preg you know, pregnant women gr glow, right? You're supposed to... You always did. <laughs> but we're not necessarily going around shining again. But wherever we go, there is light. What do you mean? There's understanding. When you speak and you know the truth, people are able to see things clearly. There, most of the world is walking in darkness. And a whole lot of the church is walking in darkness. Even though they are the light and they have revelation of some things, there's too much darkness. But when we show up and we know, our minds are open and enlightened. Our understanding's been enlightened. We're walking around like a flashlight, man. And we, wherever we go, people start to see things clearly. Now, this is also the reason why when a, a, a person full of light comes up to a person who's full of darkness, why it can be uncomfortable for them. I mean, have you ever come out of a dark room? Maybe in the morning, come out of a come out of a dark room. You turn on the light, or and it's ah, and it's kind of kind of hurts your eyes. Or somebody comes into a dark room, they shine a flashlight in your eye. Well, understand that's what you are sometimes 
to people who are living in darkness. When you show up with a smile on your face and, and, and knowing the truth, you're not condemning, you're not trying to do anything negative, but you, by your very presence and words that you speak, are shining a light in a dark place. Sometimes it's uncomfortable for the other person because, uh, what's going on here? Well, all your junk is showing up. That's what's going on. And they didn't really want to see it. Eee. And it's important that we, that's not our goal. Our goal is not to point out their problems, but the very nature of who we are in Christ is going to do that. Okay? And it's going to cause some conviction to come to people, and that's the light shining in that place. But again, Jesus is the light, and this is all used to give us a picture of seeing clearly. The Lord wants you to see very clearly what is truth and what is not. What's right and what's wrong, what is the reality of what He has done for you and what you have in Him. And that's why revelation, knowledge, spirit of wisdom and revelation should be pursued in our lives above all things. But again, it's not simply based on our human effort to try to get something like you would study real hard, you know, the subject of math or something like that. Uh, look at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. This principle is real important for us to understand because this is how God has always worked. These principles of light and light that increases more and more when we handle it correctly. You see, if I don't deal with the light right, then the light is going to go away from my life. I, my life will get darker and darker. I will see less and less. And it's possible for someone who at one point walked in a tremendous degree of understanding and revelation in their lives, but years later, they walk in much darkness. And they really don't see the things that they used to see. They don't have the walk in relationship with God like they used to have because of the fact they can't see it anymore. And they've begun to believe things that weren't true. But they got there for a reason. They got to that place because of certain behaviors and certain actions that they took toward the Lord and toward uh, the revelation that He had already given them. Now we can flip this around and watch. It'll increase more and more. God will open our eyes more and more. But if we do the wrong thing, they'll close. And He'll let them. And He'll let a person get in darkness and spiritual realities could come. You might be walking in bright light today. But if we don't treat things correctly, you could be a few years from now walking in a whole bunch of darkness and discounting everything that's happening in your life today. That has happened. And we must avoid that happening in, our, in ourselves. In, in Romans chapter 1, uh, we get some of the, these principles. Verse, uh, verse 20. It says, For since the creation of the world... His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, the principle here is that God is revealed in the most basic way through creation. Through the things that He has made, He said all people really are able to to understand and know God to a certain degree. 
even if no one has ever shared with them, if they don't have a Bible, they've never been told, they can look outside and see that there is God. Now, they don't know the details. They don't know His great plan of, of salvation from doing that. But if they will begin there, this is the principle that God will increase their light. And they will see more and more and He will reveal Himself to the point of sending someone else to them or in some fashion getting the knowledge that they need to be saved. He even goes to the point and said that everyone's without excuse because of, the cre because of creation, because of the world around. Uh, verse 21, well, well hmm. yeah. I just wanted to just throw this out because it came up in my heart in the first service and I just remembered it. Uh, but uh, you know the things that, that's been pushed on our, uh, our country and our education system for decades. It's amazing how if, you, if you've gone to a public school, you've been indoctrinated in Darwinism. I even had back uh, in high school the, you know, Anyone who's challenged will refer to it as theory. But I, I, I remember when I went to high school, the science instructor stated it, and because his words still ring in my mind, he stated it as fact. And he said it with absolute dogma. These things are fact. They are, you know, they, people call it a theory, but he's, he wouldn't present it that way. But I just think it's amazing that over decades and decades, this stuff has been pushed, pumped into our brains through the public school system, and yet most people in our country still don't believe it. I just think, wow, even with all this opposition, truth is still ringing clear. Now, there's a few out there that won't, that, that do, that, you know, that do, and, uh, but it's possible for any person to be deceived when you look at darkness long enough. It is. And this is where, where, where we should watch what we're looking at. Verse 21, he said, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So the way that they dealt with the knowledge that they had, the knowledge of God, is they didn't glorify God, they weren't thankful, they didn't give God the credit for what the things that they did know about Him, and because of that, things got darker and darker and darker in their lives until He said their foolish hearts were darkened. They became darkened. Verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools. In other words, they didn't start out as fools. They started out knowing God, at least to some degree, but they became fools because of their lack of appropriate response to what the Lord had revealed to them, to what He had given. All right? See, this is real important. We hear and understand truth. We hear the Word of God, and God shows us and reveals things to us. We must credit Him for that, and we must be thankful. We must be glad. See, it's real important that if a person is struggling or they're confused in an area, that they don't focus all of their attention on their struggle, on their confusion, what they don't have, what they don't know, what they can't do, but must focus their attention to at least a good degree on what they do know, 
and what they do have and what the Lord has done for them. And that attention will cause the light to get bigger and the darkness to get smaller. But if I'm looking away and discounting what is right and what is light and what is true and what God has revealed and I'm acting like, man, that's all I have, then I'm going to grow deeper and deeper into a dark place where I see less and after a while that light over there won't even seem real to me anymore. I'll say I'm wise. I really started to analyze these things. But becoming a fool in the process becoming a fool there are things going on today you know uh, just crazy stuff you know I guess Oprah had a had a, a, a guest on her program some of you read the news I don't watch that program but uh, I do know Oprah's a nice lady but she's severely mixed up and if you like her or not but she's really confused uh, spiritually and uh, needs help but I guess this person that that it's been called in the news they said a man is having a baby and this shim uh, <laughs> came on the program prego first of all let, let's understand this that's not a man we just need to be straight about some of these things. Just because, a per, just because a woman has her breasts removed and grows hair in, uh, in different places and all this stuff does not change who she is. Go down to the DNA level, find out what that person is. And I just don't, I don't really like the fact that it's reported always in the news that this man is having a baby. That's not a man, that's a woman without boobs. Sorry. But listen. Listen to where I'm coming from on this. I'm not making fun. Oh, I am a little bit. but <laughs> of, of the principle. Listen, I've dealt with one-on-one -on -one people who were literally confused about that stuff. And so I don't make light of that. You may be listening to me and have some confusion in, uh, in sexual things there. And I don't act like that's not a big deal. I've talked with people and they were literally confused and struggling and they had a lot of problems and, and it's a real issue that some people deal with. So I don't mock it and I'm not judging. People need mercy. Not Here's what they don't need. The rest of society to go blind and act like it's all okay. We just want to accept everything and everyone however you feel to live and whatever you think is right. That's not right. God is a God of truth and we must stand up for truth. You don't have to be condemning to stand up for truth. You can be very compassionate and, and want to help people, but we don't act like it's normal. That's called drifting into darkness. Our eyes are blinded and we're looking at things that are so perverse and strange, biologically make zero sense. Lay aside anything from what the Lord has said. You don't even need a Bible to look at these things clearly unless... You've drifted into darkness to where your eyes are blinded and everything's just kind of a haze and you don't see clearly now. I just, I'm boggled sometimes in my mind. How can people listen to this and act like it's just okay and it's just normal? It's just part of the way we are. 
It's spiritual, I'm telling you. These are spiritual uh, things that are happening to people's understanding, to where we're just walking in some, well, I guess that's just the way things are today. No, it's not. The Lord is the same. But the culture has changed, obviously. But, <laughs> but the Lord has not. And who are we going to go with? I'm going to go with Him. And I tell you, a lot of it comes from not giving proper attention and credit to light when it comes. Just because light is uncomfortable shining in your eyes doesn't mean that we're supposed to look away. Say, Lord, open my eyes to see. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Verse 23 said, And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. You know, it's animals. People worship all kinds of stuff. And, and uh, verse 24, therefore God gave them up to, to uncleanness. He said, you want to be unclean? That's really what you want? You're desiring that? You're going after that? Go ahead. He gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. You know, uncleanness typically refers to sexual stuff. Okay. Uh, Verse 25, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is, the, who is blessed forever. Is that happening today? Are people serving and worshiping creation as opposed to God? Oh, it happens all the time. People, are, people become too overly uh, far-reaching into environmental issues. That's a, another topic, huh? I mean, because there's a certain degree of it, it makes a whole lot of sense. This is my opinion. Makes a whole lot of sense. But I see too many people go way too far. And it ends up serving and worshiping creation as opposed to the Lord. People are more important than whales. Always. Or spotted owls. Or whatever else you might think of. We must also always remember Jesus came to seek and save the lost and that was you and that was me. And that's God's priority. Moving along. <laughs> For this reason, what reason? The fact that they're, they're not worshiping Him anymore. They're worshiping what He created. God gave them up. Said, you want that? Have at it. To vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. Notice he, he's making a natural argument here. He said a natural use. It's just natural. Not, it's not even so, not in this argument here. Not so because God said it was so. He's not saying the Lord said this is evil. He said they just went against what was natural. What was in nature. He said, uh, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. There's another key. Key to revelation. What do I need to do? I, need, I must like to retain God in my knowledge. They didn't like to retain God. What the Lord stood for and what the Lord wanted to do, yeah, man, it was so good, but they didn't want it. They didn't want to keep that in their heads. So God gave them over. That's just the way the Lord is. He's a God of love and mercy, but ultimately, He's going to let you do what you ever want to do. 
whatever you want to do. He's going to let me do whatever I want to do. And if I'll look to him, my future is bright. And my eyes can be opened. But if I don't, if I look away, understand that I'm going to begin believing things that are not true. I might have a good argument for them. I'll fight for my right to believe it. Bless God, I'm an American. I can believe whatever I want. I know, but you can, you can still be a fool, too. You can still be wrong. Let's choose not to. Okay, so what did God do? He gave them over to a debased mind. Or some say a, a reprobate mind. Debased. To do those things which are not fitting. Why do some throw their lives into doing, and he goes on to list all kinds of unrighteous things. They live that way. It's because they get to a place where they don't see it as being wrong. They wanted it. They focused on it. They looked to it. They looked away from God. They didn't acknowledge Him in all their ways. They looked towards what was bad and what was dark. And God said, you know, I love you, but go ahead. Have at it. And they looked into it. And after a little while, they believed it was right. They believed everything in that dark stuff. It was right and beneficial. And God gave them over to it. And they're having their own way. I don't want to end up there. Is it possible for one of us for a person who knows, at least to a certain degree, they know truth. They walk in light. For us to end up a few years from now walking in darkness. It all has to do with what we're looking at. Our focus and our acknowledgement of the light that God has already given us. Keep looking at the light. Keep seeking more understanding and revelation. Not just apart from this. You don't want to seek God apart from His written word, or you could have an angelic experience and start a new church. <laughs> Are you listening? We, we seek the Lord in relationship to and in submission to His written word. Keeps us safe, keeps us protected. But within the boundaries of what God has said, there is so much that we have never seen yet. Oh, and I believe it's going to get better and better and better. And like I said to you last week at the, at the beginning of what we started to share, that uh, I really believe we're living in a time. And I say a time, our church is in that time. Because I can teach this message any time, any day of the week, any, any time of the year, any year, and it would always be good. In the sense it's always appropriate, it's always true, it's a message from the Word of God that never changes. It's always right. But there are times when God will inspire a group along a certain direction. Just like He did in our country, what I'm told and back in the 40s and, and 50s with a, with a healing wave, move of His Spirit. And all of a sudden people were who were bound in sickness for all these years and they weren't getting healed at church or anywhere else and miracles started happening galore and there have been other moves that people have called faith moves and all kinds of things where, uh, whatever people want to call it but where truths are brought back and, and, and God brings certain things I really believe that right now I'm talking about now this time of this year in our church that the Lord really wants us to see some things he really, there are some, why would that be? There are some areas of your life that you're not seeing right now. I don't necessarily know what they are. I'm just following the unction. There are some things about your life and your future and what God has done for you and for, and for me as well that we're not walking in the fullness of it. And the Lord wants to open our eyes so we will. 
So what does that produce? I tell you what, I'm expecting to see things that I've not seen before. I'm expecting some of you who have been in confusion and just wondering what to do and struggling with different areas of bondage, truth is going to drop in your heart. And it's going to change everything. It is going to change everything. Praise God. And so the assignment I gave you, I hope you did that this last week. Some of you didn't, did you? I, my eyes are open. I can see. I want you to pray. I want you, I'd like you to continue doing that and, and do it every day. Pray that prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. Pray it for yourself. You can pray beyond that for your family, for me. Anyone you think of, it's a good prayer. Someone who's people you know that you've been praying for for a long time, they're struggling. Quit praying the way you have been praying and start praying this prayer. Why? Because when the light turns on, ding, faith is there. When the light turns on, they're able to see clearly and make decisions and choices that they're not going to make by us trying to twist their arm and get them to do right. Amen. And it can result in someone receiving healing, all kinds of things when revelation comes. Praise God. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today for being with us, for being among us, for being our teacher, for being our guide. Thank you for the spirit of truth who has come in us to abide, to show us things to come, to bring all things to our remembrance. Lord, but we do, do, do look to you today, and I pray for every person, their eyes would be open, enlightened. In fact, I want every person right now, just take a moment, pray all by yourself, for yourself. And then for others, if you, if you feel so inclined, pray for yourself these very things. Ask the Father, in the name of Jesus, to open the eyes of your understanding, to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Father, we just do seek your face now. We just do seek your face. And Lord, we ask for our eyes to be opened, that we might know what is the hope of your calling, what are the glorious riches of your inheritance in these saints, and the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe. Lord, may there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation now. In this place, eyes to see, ears to hear, minds that are opened unto spiritual realities. Lord, we do look to you, and we purpose to walk in the light as you are in the light. And thank you for giving us this understanding. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We're grateful, Lord. Grateful for what you've done. Grateful for what you've given us and what you've shown us. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Father, I pray today for those who have never been saved.